Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Also subscribe to Snazzy Stories on iTunes, Spotify, many podcast apps, or go to snazzystories.com. The town of Penguich, Utah was settled in 1864 with the original name of Fairview. However, it was changed to Penguich, a Native American word meaning big fish, because of Penguich Lake and surrounding lakes that provided a good fishing source for natives and pioneers alike. In March of 1864, 54 families led by Jens Nelson arrived in the Penguin Valley, or Fairview at the time, from Parowan, Utah, and began to settle their new home. They built a fort and log cabins, dug ditches for irrigation, and cleared land for crops. But the first year's planting did not go very well. Snows came early that winter, and the people faced the problem of the wheat that they had planted had not matured and was difficult to grind. The residents even tried boiling the wheat, but that did not work, and the wheat was still not edible. The people of Panguage did hunt and fish to get nourishment. However, Native Americans were also trying to survive, so the hunting and fishing grounds were growing bare because both groups were competing for the available meat. The leaders of the settlement decided to send out two groups to get the much-needed flour and food for the winter. One group was sent to Gunnison, 110 miles away. The other went to Parowan, 45 miles away. The group that headed towards Gunnison were hoping to run into less snow. Unfortunately, they found their trail blocked by snow and returned to Panguitch quickly. The Parowan-bound group was comprised of seven men, Alexander Matheson, William Talbot, Thomas Richards, Jesse Lauder, John Butler, Thomas Adair, and John Paul Smith. The party traveled mostly by wagon and did well on the first leg of their journey, giving them some hope on their quest. But the snow continued to get deeper and deeper. By the time they reached the mountain pass, they realized that they would have to continue their journey on foot, so they left their oxen and wagon and trudged on. Because the snow was so deep, the men made little progress. Not knowing what to do, and being a group of religious men, they laid a blanket on the ground and prayed. As they knelt on the ground, they realized that they were not sinking into the snow. The men quickly began laying one blanket after another on the ground to walk on in order to make it across the mountain and into Parowan. This became known as the quilt walk. These men finally reached their destination of Parowan, where the residents of that town gave them flour and supplies needed for the starving town of Panguitch. The people of Perwin helped the seven men carry their supplies as far as they could, but eventually the Panguitch party would have to walk again over the snow-covered mountains walking on quilts. However, now the men would be walking on quilts with heavy sacks of flour. The return journey was a bit slower, but the quilts held out even with the weight of the added flour. The expedition took 14 days, but they returned to their families with the needed supplies to make it through the winter. A great celebration occurred when they returned. One of the seven men, Alexander Matheson, said, quote, We decided that if we had 
faith as big as a mustard seed, we could make it and bring flour to our starving families. So we began the quilt laying in prayerful earnestness. The return trip was harder with the weight of the flour, but we finally made it to our wagon and oxen and on home with thankfulness to the Lord for his goodness. The whole settlement welcomed us because we had been gone longer than expected. There had been prayers, tears, and fears which turned to rejoicing cheers. Unquote. This journey was a great feat for the people of Panguitch, and for the seven men on the quest to help their people survive, it was a test of fortitude, courage, and for them, faith. On April 19, 1865, three men were killed in Sampete County by Native Americans during the Black Hawk War. The people of Panguitch were advised to leave their community and gather with the people of Parowan and other communities, which they did in May of 1866. However, Panguitch was later resettled in 1871 by George W. Seavey. He was living in Harmony and was asked by Brigham Young to find others to help him resettle the area of Panguitch. In 1871, a notice appeared in the Desert News. Quote, All those who wish to go with me to resettle Panguitch Valley will meet me at Red Creek on the fourth day of March, 1871, and we will go over the mountain in a company to settle that country. Unquote. By around the 18th or 19th of March, the CV Company arrived in the Panguitch area and noted that there was no snow, the dwellings were still intact, and the crops were still standing. The town of Panguitch began to resettle with sawmills, a post office, tannery, shoe shop, lime and brick kilns, a hotel, and a co-op store. A meeting house was built in the fort and was used as a school and for church services. Even though Panguitch was a town, like others, that were resettled after the Black Hawk War had come to an end, and it took dedicated people to do the job, I find the story of the quilt walk to be one that represents more courage of the people who were determined to keep their families alive that first winter. The original settlers of Fairview that would become Panguage, Utah, had to make things work. Even though they didn't know how to make it across the snowy mountains, they figured out a way to do it. It was not an easy way to travel, and I am sure they would have rather been able to travel with their wagons and oxen but their circumstances didn't allow them such luxuries. But they had to make it work in order to save their families. In our lives, we have to make things work for us. Our lives are not full of unicorns and rainbows every day. We are often put in situations that are rough for us. Sometimes it is on a daily for weeks, months, or years. But we have to figure out solutions in order for us to get out of bed and start again each day. Just as the people in the quilt walk had to make things work for them, they had a job to do, or really, they had to keep their families alive. And sometimes the situations in our lives that we are put in are not joyful, not glamorous. They are difficult for us in, on so many levels, and we have to make life work for us in order to survive, whatever the case may be. We are all experiencing this pandemic of COVID-19 at the present, but we are all experiencing it very differently. For some, their lives didn't change a whole lot because they already work from home, like my husband. So his life hasn't changed drastically in that regard. Whereas some people have been sent home to work, and it is a huge change. Some have lost their jobs. 
Those who struggle with mental illness maybe have had coping strategies taken away from them, like having to stay inside for long periods of time and having been cut off from other people with the quarantine. We are all in this pandemic, but it is different for all, and we have to make the situation work for us. This concept has been on my mind for the last few years of making our life work better for ourselves. No matter what other people say or think about how we should cope with situations in our lives, especially the last few days, being a teacher getting ready to begin school in person, I would rather be in school full time without restrictions. I don't like distance learning, but I have been really stressed the last few days because of restrictions placed on us in the classroom and how I'm going to do it. Just little things in the classroom that are going to make it function. To me, the pandemic has caused a drastic change in my life with my job and just in general, like travel, which has caused difficulty for a lot of people. I feel like we have to make things work and we have to figure out a way to do it. The problem is often that we don't know how to do it. I've been given expectations on me of what I'm supposed to do, but not advice on how to do it in this particular regard with my job. However, I have experienced this problem in other aspects of my life, as all human beings do. We are sometimes placed in situations that we have to make life work, but it is not clear on how to do it. Generally, in life, we have to make the scenario work so that we do not have stress and anxiety in our lives and that we can reach the goal that we want. Whether that be happiness, financial security, spiritual enlightenment, or simply no stress. We have to get to the point that we decide to find a way to make our life work to help us individually through the tasks that we are given, no matter what that is. Because everyone's experiences, not just in this pandemic, but in general, they experience different things in their lives. One of the reasons that I love the story of the quilt walkers is because it fulfills the idea that these people needed to help their families and the people in their community survive. And they figured out a way to accomplish it, even though it seemed incredibly daunting and that it wasn't possible. Whether you believe it was a religious enlightenment when these seven men were praying that they felt they should use the quilts to make it through the mountain pass or that they figured it out on their own, whichever way you want to interpret it, the fact is they came to a realization and they ran with it or, in their case, walked with it. They recognized how they were going to do it, and they went full speed ahead. And that is something I take away from this story. In all the trying situations I encounter, I tend to become angry and frustrated. But ultimately, I have to come to a realization or look for options that will help me through the situation and work it to my benefit. Stories that we read or hear, and our own stories that we tell, help other people, and help us understand the experiences that we all endure. They help us move on to become better if we let it. When I look at the story of the quilt walk, even though I will never be, or I hope to never be, in the situation that I would have to travel over a mountain pass, walking on quilts to help my family survive, literally survive because starvation was a reality for these people, I take something positive from it. This story didn't tell me how I am supposed to get through my teaching this year with COVID-19. But for me, 
Stories such as the quilt walk give me hope that I can find a way to walk across my own snowy mountains. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story.